Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Welcome back to the Frontier Freedom Hour. This is Jeff Hunt. This week, we're reviewing some of the most celebrated speeches from the 2023 Western Conservative Summit, which took place just this past June right here in Denver, Colorado. Rocky Mountain Gun Owners is an organization that is on the front lines, literally the tip of the spear, fighting back against this leftist progressive agenda to strip us of our Second Amendment rights. Here is Dudley Brown's speech from Rocky Mountain Gun Owners at the 2023 Western Conservative Summit. Um, This year, frankly, Colorado came within a hair's breadth of passing a ban on semi-automatic rifles, shotguns, and all pistols. It was that close. And frankly, if it weren't for the pressure from, and the lawsuits filed from Rocky Mountain gun owners and the National Association for Gun Rights and, and Taylor Rhodes, who runs Rocky Mountain gun owners nowadays, I call him our lumberjack director, um, you'll, you'll tell who he is, uh, he's six foot eight. His nickname is Tiny. Um, frankly, it would have been law if it had not been for, for that activism from the groups. Um, now, what did we learn from that fight? First, we learned never concede. Even if guns are not your issue, never concede your conservative issue to the left. Make politicians crawl through broken glass to pass their garbage. Make them pay for every stinking inch. Don't give them wins. Make them try and take it. Maybe they have the votes, maybe they don't. But test that. Just see, because if we could have rolled over on the assault weapons ban here, we didn't. Appeasement is not a strategy, it's weakness. And it's the weakness of a politician responding, frankly, to the woke crowd now. Ben Franklin said, an appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile hoping it will eat him last. Funny, yeah, pretty sharp for a guy like that. Um, And appeasement is the favorite strategy of the Republican Party, to be quite honest, especially on the red flag issue. Really, from state legislatures to Congress, all the way up to a Republican White House, they have appeased the left with red flag. Now, a show of hands here, who think they got it right when they named the, the concept of red flag laws, right? Because after all, it was the first red flag law was executed by who? Uh, Redcoats in Lexington and Concord in 1775, going to seize firearms. Now, unfortunately for them, they kicked off the American Revolution. Yeah. So the red flag didn't really work out uh, for them the way they wanted it to. We hope that's what happens in America now. Um, to see modern-day redcoats, all you got to do is show up to a legislative hearing. And you'll see moms demand action in their red shirts. 
all basically saying, take our rights, right? Just like the Redcoats. Now, okay, am I the only one here who thinks moms demand action sounds like a middle-aged women's dating site? I know, it's a little off-color for Western Conservative Summit, but I had to make that joke because it triggers the left so bad. Oh, they go nuts when you, when you make that. Moms Demand Action loves to show up at legislative hearings and, in mass, and especially when we're passing constitutional carry bills. So what is constitutional carry? It's, it is really a legislation that allows law-abiding citizens to carry without a big brother, may I, and without paying a tax just because you're going to cover your firearm with your coat, or some people called it the coat tax, right? So 27 states now have it. That means 54 U.S. senators represent states that have constitutional carry. That has some pretty broad implications, even in the U.S. Senate. Now, the vast majority of those laws that are passed, and I keep a list of in my, on my phone of every single law and what year they passed, because I'm getting older, I don't remember exactly what year they passed, but a vast majority of them were passed uh, with the help of and the pushing of the National Association for Gun Rights staff and our members. And some, and some people who are from the outside who didn't really know what was going on, and of course they usually say it was the NRA doing it. <laughs> Not really. Um, in fact, in Texas, it took us eight years and more than $2 million to pass constitutional carry just a few years ago. And some of the people who helped do that are in this room today. Um, now, little known fact, for those of you from Colorado, in 1999, we came that close to passing constitutional carry here. In fact, I estimate that if I'd been a better fundraiser for Rocky Mountain gun owners back then, and been able to raise another $50,000, we would have had the pressure we needed on the Republican governor, brand new Republican governor, Bill Owens, to pass that into law and leadership. We were that close. I just couldn't raise the money. So, now, in 2013, when Colorado passed its standard capacity magazine ban, because it's not large capacity, 30 rounds is not large, that's the standard capacity when you buy a magazine-fed AR-15. Um, we took that through state courts. And unfortunately, we lost in the Colorado Supreme Court because they were using a balancing test. They were actually testing the Second Amendment and balancing it with um, the, the interests of the law enforcement for citizen safety. Now, last summer, the Bruin decision by well, who I call the GOAT, Clarence Thomas, um, he changed all that. In fact, he said that the Founding Fathers did the balancing. We don't have to do that anymore. In fact, we don't even have to argue the merits. It's government's burden to show now that they fit with one test. Does it fit within the text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment? And if it doesn't, sorry. Those gun laws are null and void. And in fact, they go back to the Heller decision and it says firearms that are in common use today cannot be banned. Well, now, if you drive down the road today, the most common vehicle you're going to see is a Ford F-Series truck. 
That's the most broadly sold vehicle in America. And um, when I started my career as a gun lobbyist, which was 30 years ago, uh, that's, yeah, 30 years, we estimated there were 2 million semi-automatic AR-15s in America in civilians' hands. Today, there are more than 40 to 50 million somewhere in that neighborhood. That means there are three times as many AR-15s in America as F-Series pickup trucks. That's common use. Yeah. And if you come tomorrow at 1.30 and have the breakout session with the National Foundation for Gun Rights, uh, Ryan Flugar and Hannah Hill will detail all the nitty-gritty details of that, of, of all those lawsuits. But know this, in the town of Superior, when they tried passing an assault weapons ban and a magazine ban, and we filed suit with the Bruin decision, we had an Obama-appointed judge approve our temporary restraining order. What do you put a, who do you put a temporary restraining order on? Rapists and murderers? Yeah, which is appropriate because that's what they were doing. They were murdering our rights. So we hope for big victories. Now they're all in process now. Uh, last week, we, or earlier this week, we were in Connecticut and last week we were in Massachusetts court. Um, suing Mitt, Rom Mitt Romney's assault weapons ban. There's a special kind of pleasure with overturning Mitt Romney's assault weapons ban. So, really as a warning um, to, to everybody, he, to politicians in the room here, and I know there are a few, and, um, and those people watching who might run for office, in 2024, take gun owners' votes for granted at your own peril. Because we're tired of voting for politicians who just want our, our votes and they want our money. They shake us down for that and they won't actually do anything. They won't force votes. They won't repeal the gun controls. Or even worse, they have taken that appeasement strategy and they want to get the support of the Redcoats. Who here really thinks that appeasing the left is going to gain anything from, from them. I mean, in Colorado, we saw Republicans, a sheriff, Tony Spurlock, who was a Republican, we saw a great number of people, Republicans, all give in. George Brockler, a district attorney, gave, uh, endorsed red flag laws. And guess what? You'd think, oh, that earned a lot from the Democrats. It didn't. So. Tomorrow, uh, or t later today at 1.30, if you, you want to go over to, uh, to hear Joe Neville, who's Vice President of the National Association for Gun Rights, and he's going to teach you about our, what I call Political Guerrilla Warfare 101. And um, if you want to learn how to really fight hard in politics, you need to listen to him at 1.30. And stop by our booth. Uh, either today or tomorrow if you want to meet the Kenosha kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, he'll be at our booth there. And, and as always, I always leave with a gun tip, and that is, you're only outgunned if you miss. Thank you. <laughs>